Jared, I'll do it. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, training camp is officially over. We have moved into the month of September. That's good news for everybody. That means that we're further away from the very, very long part of the offseason, and we're almost done with the offseason because the 49ers kick off on September 13th against Arizona. On September 5th or by September 5th, they have to have the roster cut down to 53 players and this year it's going to be different in that the practice squad is 16 players big instead of only 10 players big so a lot more guys are going to stay in the building this year six more guys to be exact are going to stay in the building than in previous seasons because of that larger practice squad and because of some different rules regarding the virus and the new CBA this year uh, it's going to be a little bit more flexible. So guys in the practice squad will be able to be called up for up to two games per season while still being paid a practice squad salary. So when we talk about the 49ers roster guys and who they may keep, who they may cut, we have to keep in mind that this season is going to be different than any season that we've ever covered before. But uh, I think it's going to be interesting, especially for a team as deep as the 49ers are. We saw that last year, and we'll see just how deep they are this year. And I thought that maybe today it'd be a good idea to just kind of go through position by position, talk about what the 49ers have everywhere. And we could start on the defensive side. We can start at the secondary with cornerback. Matt, our 53-man roster projection came out a couple days ago up on the Athletic. I know we disagreed there beyond Richard Sherman. I think that Jason Verrett might even get the start, but uh, it seems that you're favoring Emmanuel Mosley a little bit more at that other cornerback spot. Yeah, I think that, uh, in my opinion, I thought Emmanuel Mosley had a fantastic camp. And given the fact that he was the incumbent, the guy who started in the Super Bowl, I thought it was his job to lose, and he didn't quite lose it. Um, I, I think that's going to be, to me, you know, the, the three deepest spots are probably the most interesting for the 49ers because they might have to uh, wave or, or cut somebody who's really good. And those, to me, are defensive line, running back, and cornerbacks. Right now, there, there are six guys uh, that I think have a, you know, a, a, a great shot of making the team, and that's, uh, of course, Sherman, Mosley, and Kwan Williams. And then the next three would be Witherspoon, Verrett, and then Jamar Taylor, who's basically been the team's nickel uh, cornerback all throughout camp because Williams uh, injured his, his calf. So that's six. They usually keep five cornerbacks there. So you got to get rid of one guy. And I just wonder whether they wouldn't be trying to trade one of those guys. And if they were going to trade somebody... I would think that uh, Akella Witherspoon would be the guy that they would trade, a, a guy who uh, hasn't always pleased the uh, the coaching staff, who was taken out of the lineup a few times, and who's a uh, uh, a free agent in, in March. So it, the, the numbers could take care of themselves if they were able to, to move Witherspoon. But uh, to me, it's one of the more interesting positions just because, uh, like I said, uh, they'll end up keeping five. They've got six legitimate guys right now that they, they would feel comfortable starting a game for them. Uh, so that, that's going to require some decisions. Uh, Dennis, uh, any thoughts about that spot, cornerback, and who you think should be the, uh, the starters heading into that Arizona Cardinals game? I think you're right. I think Emmanuel Mosley, he's kind of earned the right, you know, to continue to be a starter. And, you know, he's a guy, he's a young kid. He's a thumper. He's good on coverage. He's got great feet. He's got great technique. I just don't see unless, you know, uh, Akello has goes back to where he was maybe, you know, the first few games of his rookie year. If he gets gets back to that caliber. But I think I think Emmanuel has kind of earned the right to have that position. I, I do think the wild card in this is Jason Verrett. I think this is a guy who's been injured. He wasn't you know, he didn't have the confidence we saw in the Pittsburgh game. He had a really tough game. But this is a a Pro Bowl uh, type of guy. I mean, he plays at that level. And I think with K1, you know, maybe being banged up a little bit, I think he comes in in that nickel position. And he's a guy that is really going to surprise a lot of people because he is he is that guy. He can play a lot of different uh, positions. He's you know, he's proven himself in the NFL. He hasn't proven proven himself as a 49er yet. But I I still I look forward to see him play and kind of where they kind of plug him uh, into the system. So, you know, Emmanuel Mosley, I think he's a guy that's going to be, 
uh, you know, who's going to be starting come, you know, against the Cardinals. I, I wish I would have seen you guys' uh, predictions for the 53-man squad uh, as they kind of cut down a little bit. But I think, Jason, he's going to be my dark horse uh, this season. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with the possibility of Verrett helping out at nickel, Dennis. Uh, the way that I see it, Mosley is definitely the favorite to start opposite Richard Sherman. But Jason Verrett had one heck of a camp, and yes, he does have Pro Bowl pedigree. He has been a Pro Bowler before. It's always been an if-he's-healthy kind of thing, and he's been healthy this camp, and I thought he looked really good. So because Mosley anchored one of the best – you know, he didn't anchor the entire defense, but he was the starting cornerback on one of the best passing defenses in the NFL last year – Yes, I, I do think that he has the inside track to that job on the other side of Sherman. But one slip up, one injury, I really think Jason Verrett has put himself in position to take that. And in the time being, I do see him as great insurance capable of playing nickel. And that's something that you like right now with Kwan Williams dealing with a calf strain. So uh, the 49ers always look for versatility in at all positions. That's been a hallmark of the Shanahan era. I think it really helped them get to the Super Bowl last year. It might help them withstand the challenges of this season. And they have a little bit of that now with a guy like Jason Verrett who can play inside or outside cornerback. So we'll see how, in fact, he's, you know, forced to line up because we know that different circumstances will different uh, will dictate different things but I think that you know that that also translates over to the safety position because uh, both Matt and I had four safeties making the team we, we were uh, ex- identical on our projections here Jimmy Ward Jaquaski Tart Tarverius Moore and then the fourth safety we thought that Marcel Harris would beat out Jonathan Cyprian but uh, same thing here Matt versatility is so important, especially when you start talking about beating a high-octane offense like the Chiefs. And last year, Tarverius Moore was was a dime back who played a lot of man coverage against the Chiefs. So he wasn't just your standard you know, single high safety. He got some significant snaps in, in a different position. And we've also seen the free safety and the strong safety do some interchangeable things with the free safety coming in toward the box and the strong safety dropping back. So those four guys, Ward, Tart, Moore, and Harris, are, are going to be counted on to, to wear a bunch of different hats this season if the 49ers want to have another productive year for the secondary. Yeah, and uh, it's funny you should mention Moore in that dime uh, position uh, that dime look that they give. I mean, the Cardinals would be, uh, you know, a good opponent to to use that a lot uh, against. I would think, uh, given how many receivers they have and um, how uh, much they like to pass the ball, and also how they they ran out of uh, those formations last year. The, the 49ers had trouble with uh, the Cardinals running back, especially in that game, that Halloween night game in uh, in Arizona. Kenyon Drake, I think it was. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting spot. I mean, the only uh, you know question mark I think is does Marcel Harris make it over Jonathan Cyprian, uh, the veteran who uh, obviously uh, has more experience and uh, probably uh, knows the defense probably better than than Harris does too, given that the fact that he played in it in Jacksonville for a few years. Uh, I thought it was really interesting when when Cyprian was asked point blank. You know, one of the differences this year is that you can keep six veterans on your practice squad. And I think teams around the league are very much eager to do that this year because the the practice squad is going to be more of a a taxi squad than it's been. So, uh, you know, that's a good uh, idea and concept. But when Jonathan Cyprian was asked, um, you know, would you be willing to to be on the practice squad this this year? He said very bluntly, no, that's not anything that I'm interested in. So you have to get these guys on board. Um, and I wonder whether if they did cut Jonathan Cyprian and they didn't uh, sign him to the practice squad, whether he would be somebody that they could bring in off the street. Um, they did it with Antoine Exum uh, a couple years straight, that, that sort of way. The, the guy knows the system. He knows the the teammates and they can bring him in at any, any point. So I think that's probably what would happen if there were an injury to uh, Jaquaski Tart or Marcel Harris at strong safety, they could probably get Cyprian in pretty, pretty easily. But um, you know, it's, it's a bit of a leap of faith. Once you let that guy go off onto the street, you don't know what team he could end up on. So 
Uh, that that seems to be the the picture at uh, at the safety spot. Uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts about safety? First of all, they're going to be tested right off the bat with DeAndre Hopkins coming in in a couple weeks here. That whole secondary. But, I, you know, I, I like Jaquaski and I, I like what Jimmy Ward brings to it. Uh, Marcel Harris is, I think he's a, another one of those guys that you kind of have to develop, so he's got to get some reps. Tiverius Moore, I think he's proven himself. He's a thumper. I don't know, you know, as far as coverage goes, if, if he's that guy for that. But I, I think as far as secondary goes... You know, Joukowsky is a good player. You just don't you don't see you know the interceptions. You don't see the big hits. But yeah. I think he understands uh, the the defense. He understands the role he plays in it. And I think he's a stand up guy. I think Cyprian is a is a guy who you know, he's a vet. I mean, you want him out there. He's again, he's a proven NFL uh, safety. Uh, and I think that's going to be you know when it comes down to it. You know, I think Tim Harris may be the guy with the numbers that might, you know, one of those guys that just might, you know, has to, has to take the fall on on that one or or maybe in. So, you know, it, I, I, but I like the safety position. I think the 49ers are good as far as the safeties. I mean, you're not going to, you know, have the big hits. You're not going to have the big interceptions. But I think you have a solid defense with uh, Tart uh, and Jimmy Ward back there and having those guys coming off the bench at certain situations, Harrison, Harrison Moore. So... I, I actually like the 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 strong safety, free safety uh, position that the 49ers are in right now. Let's pause to tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped has you covered to keep the hair looking nice and trimmed and feeling fully supported. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The premium lawnmower 3.0 is waterproof, includes an LED light, and is made with advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces nicks and cuts on your delicates. You can get this trimmer inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray, both super practical and they smell great too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC20. From the moose to the caboose, always use the right tools for the job. Yeah, I've been going back and forth in my head. It's really between Marcel Harris and Jonathan Cyprian for that final spot, you know, if you're assuming the 49ers take four safeties. Saw practice last Friday. Marcel Harris blew a coverage. Tavon Austin uh, you know, went down the sideline, went past the cornerback, and Harris was was the guy that was supposed to have that zone along the sideline, and uh, it was just completely busted. So, you know, that made me think uh, maybe the 49ers will lean toward the veteran Cyprian, who even had an interception a couple days before off a tip, albeit at practice. But, you know, I'm talking to a few people, and just by – also by watching the end of last season, I saw a replay of – 49ers Seahawks week 17 remember Jaquaski Tart was still out at that point so Marcel Harris played some really important snaps and he actually made some plays down the stretch last year for the 49ers everybody remembers the the bad ones and that was the missed tackle against New Orleans and uh he also dropped an interception but he was in perfect position that would have sealed the the Rams game early uh, in week 16, but he, he made some plays and the guy hits hard. There's a, there's a lot of upside still with Marcel Harris. He's a guy that really flashes maybe higher highs, lower lows. And because of that, I'm just getting the feeling that the 49ers will want to keep on investing in a project that, you know, they've already invested quite a bit in here over the past couple of seasons. That's why my gut tells me Marcel Harris, but, but as Matt said, as you guys implied, you know, the, there may be opportunities for, a player like Cyprian down the road. You, you never know who's going to become unavailable. So maybe the 49ers will bring somebody else back in the mix and we'll see if Cyprian accepts his practice squad spot. Maybe Kyle Shanahan will be able to take, uh, uh, you know, convince him because Shanahan said that he brought Cyprian into his office right after he said that to the media uh, to, to try to get him on the same page. So we'll see what they're thinking about that. Let's move on to the linebackers. This one is also interesting at the bottom of the rotation. We know that Quan Alexander, Fred Warner, and Dre Greenlaw are the top three guys. I, I think it's fairly clear that Aziz Al-Shair is uh, going to be the first backup, so your fourth linebacker. But assuming the 49ers take five, Matt, uh, it's going to be between a couple veterans who are both uh, good special teams guys. One is Mark Nazacha. One is Joe Walker. 49ers obviously 
familiar with the German. Nazacho's been with them for a while. But Joe Walker, he actually came over from Arizona as a free agent. And, and it seems to me that these guys both bring a, a similar skill set to the table. So this could be a tricky pick for the 49ers. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up. I mean, we, we, we got to watch all of those 12 training camp practices, but I, I, I couldn't tell you who's the, you know, the, the better special teamer from, from those practices at all. So this is just a guess. I, I think you went with Nizacha and I went with Walker just to, to switch it up. But, um, you know, I, I really don't know who wins that last spot. Walker has been a special teams guy. Um, doesn't have a very long career, but that's that's what uh, has earned him his spot in the NFL to this point. And then last year, the, the Cardinals had a, a bunch of injuries at linebacker, and he had to come in and play 11 games, 11 starts. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, he, he wasn't um, the second coming of Bobby Wagner by any stretch, but he was good. And so that that kind of convinced some teams, I think, that, Okay, in a pinch, this guy could step in at middle linebacker or will linebacker. Um, and uh, that, to me, has been Nazacha's weakness. Uh, whenever he's come into games, um, he has failed to, to make a splash on the defensive side. Now, um, it could be that he's such a good uh, special teamer that Richard Hightower, the, the, the coordinator there, is going to pound the table. And uh, if he wants a couple of guys, he's going to get those guys for sure. Uh, so really, it, it comes down to Hightower and uh, his preference, I think, at that fifth linebacker spot. They could go uh, in either direction. But yeah, it was interesting to watch uh, the other day. No, no Fred Warner in the Friday practice and then uh, the Sunday practice and in the Monday practice. And it was uh, Aziz Alshair who was the uh, de facto middle linebacker. So they're getting him uh, as comfortable as possible with that radio receiver, the green dot, if you will. Uh, lining guys up and uh, kind of uh, uh, cross-training him at uh, all three of those inside linebacker spots uh, in case there is an injury. Uh, Dennis, uh, any any thoughts about linebacker and what you saw last year and uh, what you think you're, uh, you're going to see moving forward in that spot? Well, I think this is an interesting position because after Fred Warner and, and, and Quan and Dre, the 49ers aren't very deep when it comes to linebackers. You have you know guys who have have done some things, mostly on the special team side of the ball. Um, but other than that, you know, then now Fred's gone on to the uh, the COVID list. And uh, I, I think I think you which, which, what we're looking at, I think all these linebackers might end up being in the building at the end of the day because they're not very deep. Uh, you know, we know what Quan does. We know what Fred does. And we've seen, and we've seen uh, Dre Greenlaw play at a super high level. But the other guys, I think, are still kind of proven. I haven't seen Joe Walker and the way he plays, but it sounds like he's more of a special teams guy. And, you know, the other guys are, are basically the same thing. So I, I think what we see on paper now, I think you'll see all these linebackers uh, stay with the 49ers at, at, in some way as far as practice squad or, or you know, just being there in the Rolodex for the 49ers because they're not very deep. They don't go very deep after those three, those first three guys. Well, this is a note to keep in mind. Assuming that Nazacha and Joe Walker are considered 100% even, I'm not saying they are, but assuming that they are, because for all that we know they are, Matt brought that up, uh, it's important to look at their salaries this year. Nazacha, $1.5 million. Joe Walker, 900000 So if they are even... Do the 49ers feel that continuity with Mark Nazacha is worth $600,000, right? It, it, they could keep the same guy on the special teams units, um, you know, have the same guy that rotates in at emergency at strong side linebacker. He's more expensive and there isn't as much cap room now, and the 49ers definitely want as much cap room as possible to carry over next year. So that might be the question for them. $1.5 million for Nazacha versus $900,000 for Joe Walker. Moving on to the defensive line. I know that Dennis is going to like talking about these guys. Uh, Everybody just, stays. Everybody yeah. stays. <laughs> 15 defensive linemen. 15, line. yeah. Just cut out all the running backs, let Jimmy Garoppolo run the ball himself and keep all 15 of these guys. But the Niners will probably keep 10. That seems to be the magic number. Uh, and, you know, again, it's it's all about the, the very last guy that they keep. And the thing here to me, Matt, is that Contavious Street has been so good this training camp. 
DJ Jones just came out and said the other day that Contavious Street has taken a step that no one else in the room has taken. He he looks like the extremely strong player who can squat 700 pounds that the 49ers drafted out of North Carolina State in 2018. And he's bulked up a little bit too. He you know, between Contavious Street and Kevin Givens, two two guys who I'm sure will make this 53-man roster and Solomon Thomas because he's beefed up too. So that's three guys who the 49ers have really tailor-made this offseason to play on the inside. So they're going to have depth on the inside even though they don't have DeForest Buckner anymore. And I, I think that's a key development as far as this defense, defensive line goes. Yeah, and two of those guys um, that you mentioned, Kevin Givens and, and Solomon Thomas, are sort of uh, epitomize what Chris Kosarek wants on the inside. He wants the, the fast attacking guys. And um, I also agree with you uh, about Street. I mean, to me, he's the guy that, that jumped off the page at that position more than, than anyone else um, this this summer because he was so different than, than he was uh, last year. And we didn't get to see him in 2018 because uh, he had just uh, torn his, his ACL, I think, when he was preparing for the draft that year. So um, he looks night and day different, uh, explosive, big. He, he was hard to handle in the one-on-one drills. I can't imagine them cutting him. Um, however, the, the question would be... Uh, Deion Jordan, um, because he does play a position, defensive end, edge rusher. The 49ers don't really have the depth that they have on the inside. And uh, one of the guys that plays defensive end, D. Ford, has been injury prone uh, throughout his career. He certainly was last year for this team. So uh, the question would be, do they need that uh, that safety net by having Deion Jordan around? And, and, I, and I would think that he's the perfect guy for the practice squad, the way the practice squad will be used this year. Um, you can protect him, too. They can protect up to four guys uh, per week on the practice squad so that they don't get poached by another team. Um, so they, they got Deion Jordan off the street just as uh, training camp was starting. That kind of tells me that, um, you know, he's probably safe. He, there, there isn't going to be another team clamoring to get him. Uh, so that's how I see that happening. But, um, you know, I could be wrong, and, and that would be the guy I would be wrong about just because they have a real need at uh, at defensive end. Dennis, what are your thoughts about the defensive line? When you look at this defensive line, uh, you've got your starters. You know, you've got a first-round draft pick. And then hearing all the how great of a camp uh, Street is having, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to go in there at certain situations or even – kind of spell uh, Kinlaw at times during football games. And if you look at the defensive line, the one part of this defensive line that was kind of missing last uh, last season was when D. Ford wasn't in there. The pass rush just wasn't there. Uh, and he's a guy that's, you know, he's got he's got that injury. He's got, it just kind of nags him. It stays with him. I don't know if he's 100%, but you're going to need some type of safety net on that other side because now, you know, you're going to have Eric Armstead he plays outside too, but you still need you need that inside push also. So, I, I like what you're saying about uh, Dion Jordan. I haven't seen him play, but I'm excited. That's another player that I'm excited to, to see if he gets in. I wonder where Kevin Givens fits into this whole thing, uh, and then there's Ronald Blair that's you know on that pup list, and he's going to come back at some point. He's a guy that they really like too. We'll be back after this. You know, one guy that we haven't mentioned that I think is a tremendous safety net potentially for the 49ers, Kerry Hyder. Signed him, comes from Dallas. This guy is a lot like Ronald Blair, and Ronald Blair was the ultimate safety net last year. In fact, the 49ers edge rush, when when D4 got hurt, Ronald Blair was actually able to, to prop it up because this is a guy that could play basically any position, but he's strong enough and fast enough. You know, he's versatile enough to, to handle that edge while Ford was out, and he did some good stuff. I mean, the, yeah, just did. look at the play on which he tore his ACL. He tackled Russell Wilson in open space, which yeah. not a lot of defensive linemen can do. So the 49ers go out and get this guy, Kerry Hyder, who Chris Kosarek loves, and when you hear Robert Sala and Kosarek talk about Kerry Hyder – they're saying the same stuff they say about Ronald Blair, one of these every position kind of guys that I think can be really valuable for the 49ers uh, right off the bat, especially Ronald Blair. They're hoping Blair's back by week one, but I'm not really buying it yet. So I think Kerry Hyder is going to be a name to watch 
early in the season. And as you guys said, Dion Jordan, perfect for the practice squad because speed rusher, that, that's his one skill. Bring him in for those, you know, when you need a NASCAR package, call him up for those two weeks, maybe right away against Arizona. You want that fast rusher to chase down Kyler Murray. I don't know, but they have a lot of versatility and I think that's what's important. And on the other side of the line, they also have a lot of versatility, but they may not have enough quality trained bodies in the middle at the center position for the offensive line. I mean, you talk about Trent Williams, probably the best tackle in football on the left side. Mike McGlinchey has developed uh, well on the right side. Lakin Tomlinson looks really good at left guard. None of those positions are worries, and I don't really think right guard's a worry if Daniel Brunskill could play there, but it is a worry if all the centers are hurt. If Weston Richburg's out, he will be for at least six weeks. If Ben Garland is out, he currently is. And if Brunskill has to play at center because Brunskill is new at center, he really struggled there during camp, and whoever plays right guard instead of him is is not a great option. Tom Compton uh, is simply not a, a plus-level guard. So, Matt, that center right guard spot along the offensive line, as, as we look at this roster, there's no questions about who's going to make the team from the offensive line, but there certainly are questions about how they're going to perform at center and right guard. Yeah, and that's where the interface between the the active roster and the practice squad is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, offensive line. We, we both have them keeping what eight guys on the offensive yep. line. Um, and, and I think in order to have 55 guys on your active game day roster, which teams are allowed to do this year, um, or I, I, the, the rules are, are changing all the time, but the, the bottom line is that one of your extra guys has to be an offensive lineman or, or rather, you have to have eight, eight offensive yeah. linemen active on game days. So, um, you know, that, that kind of, you know, uh, creates a, a little bit of, of fuzziness if you have some injuries. So they have to have some guys ready to go up from the practice squad um, if there are injuries, especially early in the year when you don't have Weston Richburg. And so I would imagine that Hronis Grassou, who, who wasn't great when he first got into training camp, sort of a, a typical undersized uh, journeyman uh, type of center. He's gotten a lot better, I, I felt, in the last few practices, gotten his legs under him, uh, has sort of figured things out. I, I, I got to imagine he's the Dion Jordan of the offensive line in that he's, he's the guy that you want to have, you have to have on your practice squad if he doesn't make the, the active roster uh, because that depth at, at center is so poor. And then there are a couple of other guys. I mean, Ross Reynolds probably would make it. Um, he's a possibility um, for the practice squad. Uh, he, he's dealing with a knee injury right now. And I thought those two tackles that they had this year, uh, William Sweet and uh, Jared Jones-Smith, or Jared Smith-Jones, um, were impressive, at least uh, from a developmental standpoint. So they could end up having you know two or three guys of, of those 16 be offensive linemen, and uh, you know uh, if you have injuries at that spot, that's uh, that's a death sentence for your season. So it would be smart to sort of bulk up that position if you're doing it, uh, you know, uh, on your uh, active roster or on your practice squad this year. You know, here here we go again. I mean, it's going to be a kind of next man up mentality for this offensive line. It just it it just it feels like. You know, you, you have two outside guys, but the inside, the interior of the offense, looks like it's going to be another year of who's going to be the guy. And, you know, Daniel Brunskill is is a guy who's athletic. He's he's played every position on the offensive line. He's going to be on the team. And, and, and like Matthew said, I mean, you, you kind of have to stock your, your practice squad with offensive linemen and also defensive linemen because that's two, two very important positions. But I... You know, when I look at these guys and it, there's no preseason, so, you know, you can't really see, you know, some of these guys like like a, a Ross Reynolds or a um, Jones Smith, Jared Jones Smith kind of play in a preseason to kind of see how they look <clears throat> in, a, in an offense or in this offense and how productive they're going to be. So, again, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those seasons where every week it may be a different starter when it comes to the offensive line interior, at least. 
And, you know, when you talk about practice squad guys starting in an NFL game, you know, those practice, practice squad guys are mainly for, you know, it's supposed to be for developmental. But in this case, it just may be a reserve list for kind of patchwork with the offensive yeah. line. They're not quite the 1994 49ers on the interior line, are they? Remember that yeah. year, Dennis? You get picked up uh, Bart Oates, pro bowler, and yeah. shifted Jeff Jesse Sapolo over to guard. Had an embarrassment of riches. I remember the 101s at practice. You know, you got Jesse... Uh, Oates in the middle, then you got Guy McIntyre on the other side, and you know, and that was it. I mean, that was they were quick, they were fast, they were athletic, great technique, uh, and but you don't get that very often. I mean, but you know, this the, this they, they've been working at it for you know for what three seasons now, trying to figure out that interior. I think they've done a really good job on the outside, the two tackles, but the interior just seems to be a working process. Yeah, I mean, that literally derailed the season last year. There is a very clear correlation, I've written about this, between Jimmy Garoppolo's performance and the quality of the interior pass protection against really good defensive tackles. And point blank, the 49ers got beaten by elite defensive tackles last year. You know, if you look at Aaron Donald, thankfully for their sake, they were able to overcome that. But Garoppolo had a rough go of it, especially the second time against Donald, where he had to make a couple miraculous third and 16 conversions he wasn't you know getting the necessary pass protection Grady Jarrett from the Falcons beat them and then everybody knows that Chris Jones from uh, the Chiefs beat them in the Super Bowl so uh, that's a red alarm for me right now if I'm you know looking at this 49ers roster looking for weaknesses I think it's the center and and the right guard spot Uh, you know theoretically if everybody's healthy you got Richburg and Brunskill center right guard you're fine problem is not everybody's healthy right now so that's something to really really monitor closely tight end uh this one's interesting because you know george kittle is george kittle he got his money we've talked so much about him jordan reed this could be the real one-two punch it you know that really highlights the nfl this year if everything goes as advertised for the 49ers that may be easier said than done because jordan reed has a long injury history featuring a lot of concussions. But assuming that Reed and Kittle are healthy, 49ers have those two guys. I think the third, and I think the 49ers only take three, is the rookie, Charlie Werner, who was very good during camp. He can block, he can catch. It could be, you know, we could be seeing some three tight end sets, Matt. But the the, the question is Ross Dwelly. This is a versatile guy. I don't think he's, you know, I, I think he's a jack of all trades, master of none type. I don't think he quite beats out any of the, the other three in a single skill. But do the 49ers try to keep him around as the fourth tight end, considering the fact that Jordan Reed has been injury-prone in his career? Yeah, I think they do. Uh, I think you have to. But uh, the question becomes, can you keep him around on the practice squad and not on the active roster? And uh, Again, I don't think there's going to be a lot of teams beating down the door to sign Ross Dwelly, um, especially since he's dealing with a foot injury right now. So um you've got that out there uh teams you know they have to sign these guys pretty much sight unseen uh off of the practice squad so i know that you and i differed on that i've come around to david's uh thinking on this that you can get away with three tight ends with uh you know jordan reed being one of those three if you've got some backup there and uh i would assume they're pretty safe in keeping dwelly there you know one question for me is is chase harrell uh, he's a, an undrafted rookie. Uh, David, I think you've been impressed with him at times. So have I. He's a, uh, you know, a former receiver who's been converting to tight end. And um, he seems like a, a project worth taking on. But that's sort of the question this year. Um, can you have projects on your practice squad? Or is it all very you know, kind of pragmatic? You know, it, these guys have to be able to play right away if there's a coronavirus outbreak or, or something else. So uh, I just wonder whether a developmental guy, somebody who's shown that um, he, he definitely can turn into something better in this league, um, is, uh, is going to make it this year. I would say the answer is yes, but you know that's sort of the, the question mark this season. I, I think it's interesting. They've got 80 guys in camp right now. Um, they keep 53 on the active roster. They can keep 16 on the practice squad. And then three other guys, Richie James, Weston Richburg, and Julian Taylor, are going to be on PUP to start the season. So that's 72 players right there um, out of your 80. So really, they're only saying goodbye to eight guys uh, this season, theoretically. 
Uh, so the question would be who those eight are going to be, and uh, are they going to be developmental guys, or are they going to be veterans that you think that you can get off the street later in the season or what? But uh, all of it is sort of risk analysis, I think, for the 49ers and, and really for all of these teams. But, uh, Dennis, uh, any, any thoughts about Ross Dwelly, about tight ends, and how they should proceed at that spot? You know, Ross Dwelly, he's a guy played a lot on the special teams. I think, you know, he's he's got the chance of, of making the 53 with his work on the special teams. Um, I like the Jordan Reed uh, George Kittle thing. I mean, I think two tights. I, I don't think I don't think Jordan Reed is, is is the blocker that George Kittle is, but I think he's a guy that can be a nice target uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo as the defense kind of adjusts adjusts to kind of guard uh, George Kittle. So I think uh, Jordan Reed could have a big big year. Injuries if he you know if he's got those concussions. Uh, he's a guy that you can't take those big hits, but I think Ross Dwelly is a guy that can make this squad because of his special teams work. I haven't seen, uh, Charlie Warner play. Um, I didn't follow him in college. So, you know, he could be a developmental guy and haven't seen Chase play either. So, you know, right now I've got George Kittle, Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly making the squad. Well, the, the thing about Warner is that Kittle came out and said that he's way ahead of where Kittle was. Werner's way ahead of where Kittle was uh, as a rookie, as far as the run blocking goes, and that really made you know made me do a double take because Kittle was really good, obviously, as a rookie in run blocking, and the 49ers brought Werner in to be the run blocking specialist tight end. Now, what makes Werner really interesting is that a lot like Kittle. He was not targeted in the past game in college, but we had his high school coach telling us that this is the next Rob Gronkowski, that he just didn't get enough chances to catch the ball. And, you know, anytime you hear Rob Gronkowski, you think, okay, this is hyperbole. But, I mean, it was still worth listening to. And we've seen Werner go out and make a lot of athletic catches in training camp. I mean, this guy is high-pointing the ball and the seam. He definitely looks like a guy who caught more than 30 passes or whatever it was at, at Georgia. So uh, I think as soon as you see him play, Dennis, uh, it, your eyebrows may raise a little bit because there's a chance that Kyle Shanahan has found another, you know, low round tight end pick, uh, another another uh, diamond in the rough. And when, when we talk about Kittle comparisons, Chase Harrell runs a 4-5. So that's why the 49ers are going to keep him on the practice squad. I think you just don't see that kind of speed with that kind of size. And as Matt said, you know, that that's the kind of guy that you – I think it's will it's worth it to to make him a project. He's worth one of those extra spots this year because you have 16 of them on the practice squad. But it's that's going to be really interesting, and it's going to tie directly into the receivers because we know that Shanahan loves the interchangeable offense. As far as the receivers go, uh, there's not as many questions right now as there would have been had Jalen Hurd not torn his ACL. Uh, last couple guys that both me and uh, both Matt and I have on our uh, 53-man roster. We think the Niners are going to take seven receivers. We both think uh, Jawan Jennings and Tavon Austin will be the last two guys, although in inverse order. Matt, you think that Jennings will be that that seventh receiver, and you think that Austin has more immediate value, so you, you think that he's he's safer inside that bubble. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, uh, and, and I think we're both keeping seven because the first two guys are still sort of question marks for, for week one, and that's Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Um, I don't think there's any question at this point that both make the 53-man squad. I mean, i.e. don't go on a, an injury list to, to start the season. But um, it could be a, you know, a case where they're on the uh, active roster, but they're not in uniform for week one, in which case you would need some depth uh, at that spot. I mean, Austin, to me, is, is a guy who's been uh, you know showing up more and more in practice. He um, is, is great, uh, you know, with the ball in his hand. So he's good on the jet sweeps and, uh, the little screens and whatnot. He gives you value on special teams in the return game. And he gives you some speed, which, uh, once Travis Benjamin opted out, uh, the, the 49ers didn't have as much of. So he's, um, uh, an all around guy. Jennings though, you know, you got a great argument for him too. I mean, he's the sort of the Jalen Hurd now. The big slot, the guy who's going to get you those possession uh, catches, who can really kind of complement that that George Kittle, um, Jordan Reed, 
you know, might is right idea that you have on, on offense. Um, he can sort of kind of continue that from the slot position. So uh, it'll be interesting. I just think that uh, you get a little bit more bang for your buck with Austin, but uh, would not surprise, be surprised at all if uh, Austin is cut and, uh, and Jennings gets that spot. Um, Austin could be yet another guy who kind of fits that theme that we've been striking with, uh, you know, Deion Jordan and Hieronis Grassou, uh, the veteran who could end up on the, uh, on the practice squad. You can keep six this year. And I think that's what the, the 49ers had in mind when they initially signed him. It was before Ayuk's injury, but, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And it could be that they just keep six too, knowing that they do have, uh, an, an extra receiving threat in Jordan Reed, um, they can kind of get away with fewer receivers. Remember, they only had four four receivers in uniform in the Super Bowl, uh, which was uh, out of character for them. So that that's an interesting spot, wide receiver. It's going to be interesting. With Austin, you see kind of what Kyle Shanahan was kind of hoping for with a Dante Pettis, a guy who can help you in the special teams, your return game, and also a guy that can get into space and make some big plays. So I think I see uh, I see Austin making the squad. Um, I also see that it looks like the number one receiver is going to be a, a Kendrick Bourne. I mean, he's going to be the guy that's kind of featured in this offense. But, uh, you know, and Trent Taylor, I think Trent Taylor is a guy who, yeah. you know, depends on what, you know, how his body's feeling right now. He's been through a lot the last couple seasons. He could be a guy that can be schemed, you know, to be a featured receiver. So, I, but I liked Tavon Austin. I think he's a guy that you know you can use in this offense. You can set it up where he's he's in space. He's a guy who can get the ball, make a lot of things happen, and he can help you in your return game. So you know until Debo and and Brandon gets get back and get full, I mean it's going to be again it's going to be a, a kind of a, a mismatch or a plug in here and kind of do a lot of uh, what Kyle Shanahan's great at do a lot of. A game schemes and, and play calling that kind of feature some of these guys and kind of use kind of what you have in a Tavon Austin. Good call on Taylor. Uh, I think if the 49ers manage to keep both Kittle and Reed healthy and if they start running their offense through those two and if you do get health out of those two, if you look at them out on the practice field, there's no way that any coach in his right mind wouldn't run the offense through those two, especially given the way that Jimmy Garoppolo throws the ball, quick release inside the numbers. If the tight ends, that dual tight end set is the center of this attack, I think Trent Taylor is going to catch the most passes on the 49ers this year because that slot position, they're just going to be able to feed that slot position. They're going to be able to pound it with with quick outs, maybe a few slants, exactly what Brady did with uh, Wes Welker back when he had Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. Wes Welker was the leading receiver on those two teams, 120 catches a year. I'm not saying Taylor's going to have 120 catches, but I think he'll have the most receptions this season if this is a Kittle and Reed-centric offense because that's going to be the five-yard automatic every time. That's the goal for the 49ers, and then you add some explosiveness with guys like Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Dante Pettis, we'll see what happens. But uh, they do have some weapons. They just hope they stay healthy so they can all fit into that intricate puzzle. All right, we're almost done. Running back. Um, th- this one it, the fans are most interested about because they love Jamichael Hasty. Anytime a shifty guy comes along, it seems that the fan base falls in love with him. My problem, and I think Kyle Shanahan's problem, will be that he hasn't actually seen Hasty do anything uh, when tackling is happening, and that's a huge deal. And Shanahan keeps on saying that over and over. Whenever he gets a chance, he says, well, there's no preseason. I don't know, you know how good uh, th- these rookie running backs really are. And because of that, I think that it's going to be Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, and Kyle Juszczyk as the five on the 53 in the backfield with Josh Hokett being the fullback, being a key member of the practice squad for future purposes. But Jeff Wilson is, is an underrated player in my opinion. And I think especially in a year like this, Matt, where you're not sure how well teams will tackle where stuff has been weird all season, you're going to go with a reliable power runner, especially since nobody else in that running back group really brings you that, that power running skill set in the way that Wilson does. Yeah. The question would be, you know, how many uh, running backs are they going to have active on game? days and if the answer is three what's the need of, of having the fourth guy on Good your point. active Good roster point. and in last year you know they, they only went with three initially jeff wilson was on the practice squad to begin the season 
Um, and Tevin Coleman injured his ankle in Tampa in week one, and that's why they, they moved uh, Jeff Wilson up. Now, they kept Jeff Wilson up the rest of the year, even though those uh, those running backs got healthy again. So um, everybody loves Jeff Wilson. I mean, he's the uh, ultimate uh, under-promise, over-deliver guy, you know, undrafted guy. Every time he gets into the game, it's either a touchdown or a first down. So um, I, I personally like Jeff Wilson a lot. He's sort of a, a great underdog story. Um, Hasty has been really, you know, he, he's popped in practice. There's no doubt about it on runs, on uh, on out of the backfield as a receiver. And uh, at Baylor, he was a really good special teamer. So I think he's, he's definitely got a shot. Again, though, without any preseason games, it's hard for me to see a guy who went through the draft without being drafted uh, being snapped up by any of these teams. So I, I feel like um, he could make it to the, the practice squad, and, and probably Wilson could too. Um, I'm, I'm not as sure about that, uh, but uh, I, I bet that, that both of those guys could get to the practice squad if, uh, if need be. The one thing that gives me pause is that the 49ers waived another undrafted running back, Savon Ahmed, uh, a few days ago, and he was immediately picked up by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is on an 80-man roster instead of a, a 53-man roster, of course. But, uh, you know, uh, teams are obviously looking at, at where other teams are strong. And like I said from the outset, defensive line, cornerback, and running back seem to be the three deepest spots for San Francisco. So in that regard, you've got to be a little bit wary when you uh, expose any of those guys to the waiver wire. And it's got to be hard for coaches to kind of evaluate guys without these preseason games. And preseason means a lot as far as coaching and kind of how you pick your 53-man roster. And it's and it's good to see how guys kind of, you know, how you react in a game like full speed type of thing or uh, environment. And, you know, it sounds like this, ja, was it Jamichael? Jamichael, he's he's a yeah. guy that, you know, you say he's been great in practice, but you don't see how he's played in a game. You know, you, you can watch his college tape, but it's it's a lot different. But when you look at this running back, again, I mean, they're super talented in, in the running back. I mean, if Raheem can can duplicate last season, he's going to be great. You know, we see we know what Coleman can do and we know what McKinnon can do, and they have to stay stay healthy. And in, in the 49ers tend to kind of have a lot of injuries in the running back because, you know, they're, they're, they're the smaller guys, you know, and they're taking those hits and there's a lot right. of injuries. So I think you kind of, you got to put some guys on practice squad. So, you know, if it comes up, you got to have somebody you can plug in there. And we saw that last season too, but they're pretty deep at the running back position. A lot of really good runners that are running backs in the room. But you, you, you have to have, again, we, we're going to say it again, but you have to have a safe, safety net, especially when you're running backs for these these smaller guys. And, and Jeff Wilson, I mean, you say first down. Every time he was in the game, all I remember is touchdowns with Jeff Wilson. So I think he's a guy who's earned a spot on this football team, and he's a guy that you keep in the building. Yeah, you know, to get ready for the season, I've been watching some NFL films videos from last year and watching – I watched all the tape last year, but I didn't ever watch the stuff that dramatized it. And that, that stuff is so cool when the cameras all zoomed in and you, the players are mic'd up. And, um, you know, that that's one of those things that made me think, you know, it maybe it's it made me biased, but it made me think that Marcel Harris is going to make the team. And it made me think Jeff Wilson is going to make the team because at some of the biggest moments of last season, you watch these NFL films, turning point videos on YouTube Marcel Harris and Jeff Wilson are, are right in the thick of things. And I know that for the 49ers, continuity has been something they've really, really preached this offseason. And they have a chance to maintain some continuity at a couple of these question spots, at a couple of these bubble spots on the roster. So um, it, it, that may just be some recency bias, though, for me, since I just watched those videos to get me ready for this season. But I'm certainly excited for it. Not many questions at quarterback, guys. Uh, I have Garoppolo, Mullins, and Bethard. So does Matt. Is it possible that there's a trade? I suppose. But the problem is the only backup with any real trade value, in my opinion, is is Nick Mullins. And there's no way that the 
49ers want to give up a, a good quarterback this year. C.J. Beathard has obviously struggled more, and that's why there isn't much trade value there, but the 49ers still want to keep somebody who knows the system in the building. So I don't think this is rocket science, Matt. I think they keep three this year, and that rounds out the roster. Yeah, I don't think you want to have two quarterbacks in the coronavirus here either. I mean, I don't know what the math is, but losing two uh, quarterbacks uh, would seem to be easier than losing three uh, to a uh, an outbreak or something like that. So, um, you know, if, if they kept three last year, I think it's almost a no-brainer that they keep three this year. The, the big question to me is who they keep in March. Um, you would think, oh, it's going to be Nick Mullins because he'll be a restricted free agent versus uh, an unrestricted free agent for C.J. Beathard, but um, yeah, Mullins could command a, a higher salary than Beathard. Um, so I, I think that'll be one of the more interesting questions for this team. And there can be a lot of free agent questions for this team in March, um, just given the sheer number of free agents and the retracted or uh, smaller than expected salary cap. So, um, yeah, I think uh, they'll kick the can on quarterback down into March, but uh, come March, it's going to be an interesting question. These guys, Mullins and, and Bethard, I mean, they've been together, you know, for three seasons now and talk about continuity. So they understand the offense. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, we know he's a starter. You're right. I mean, you have to keep you know, with, with this corona, you have to keep three quarterbacks. I mean, if you have two quarterbacks, you could kind of screw yourself in the long run. So, you know, all three of these guys would be in the building at the end of the day. Yeah, they don't even have a fourth guy this year that's the automatic practice squad guy or, you know, not even a practice squad guy, but not even a fourth guy that, that went through training camp to know the system. So they, I think, really telegraph this decision by just having the three. It might be Jarek McKinnon as their fourth quarterback. I mean, if they ever got an emergency, into a, a, yeah, into a pickle where three guys were out for some reason, I mean, I think you're looking at Jarek McKinnon or Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, who, who yeah. played a little uh, quarterback in high school. A little bit in high school. He wanted to play at Tennessee, but they they moved him over to, to receiver. But he, I mean, he, he did some awesome stuff, I guess, as, as a QB in, in high school. And Everybody keeps on talking about Jarek McKinnon's quarterback vision this training camp. It's one of the, the themes that keeps on popping up. So I like that. That's a good call. Jarek McKinnon or Jawan Jennings. 49ers hope that it, it doesn't come down to that, but uh, that would <laughs> certainly give us something to write about. We had a lot to talk about today. We went through the whole roster, guys. That was good. Uh, so we'll see what happens on Saturday, and then we'll have much more to talk about next week when uh, we reconvene, we look at, who the 49ers have decided to keep on the roster. And we preview the San Francisco 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals in the season opener. That sounds really good to say. I didn't think that uh, <laughs> that would get uh, you know upon us so quickly, but uh, training camp sure flew by. So I'm happy about that. Anyway, for Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you guys next week.